Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait, was that not it? Hey, enter, just, you, you forgot to enter. You pray for my demons, girl, I got you. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. This is Connor Hall of the Golden Hours Podcast, and this is a GDP Minute. Guys, you guys know the deal. If you get any sort of value from this episode, whether you laugh, cry, you're entertained, you learn something, dude, just share it with a friend, please. Subscribe, like, means the world to me. You guys know what I'm doing out here. You know my mission. I'm trying to get connected with everyone in this damn city so one day I can produce a Marvel movie and be in a Marvel movie. That's my fucking main goal. Someone's got to have that goal, right? Now, we're organizing our second event right now. A little bit nerve-wracking, but uh, Haunted Zuvi on the way. I'm feeling really good about stuff, man. Um, you know, it's just getting my stuff done, day-by-day day basis here. And I was pumped to have Seth Schaefer on the podcast. Now, I met Seth in one of my first weeks in Los Angeles, like whatever it was, four, five, six months ago. And Seth is an entrepreneur in his own right. And sometimes on the come-up, you meet people that you're like, yo, this dude is exactly like same mind as me. That's Seth. He is a tailor for a bunch of celebrities, essentially, and he owns his own shop in Santa Monica, and he's just a fucking grinder. He's been doing it for nine, 10 years, selling suits, tailoring suits, sneaking into red carpet events. Just a really good dude. Incredible sales ability, by the way. Like, people act like sales isn't a talent. Like, he is a gifted salesperson, and um, just really, really happy to have him on the show, man, for real. Good dude. I think you guys will like his come up story. He's a classic LA transplant. Come to LA with a big goal. Try to make the goal happen. And uh, was pumped to have him. He's a great dude. All right. Enjoy. Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait. Was that not it? Hey, enter. Just, you forgot to enter. We are so caught in the simulation, in the snake pit. And I have a fellow hustler on the show today. Hustler is a, a great way to describe you. But I don't want you to say a word yet. Because we're in the snake pit. I want to address who else is in the room. On my left, reveal yourself. So Bo is traditionally a host of his own show. And I was watching his videos long before I got out here. He has a great format. He like It's kind of like Jimmy Kimmel, but he brings all these like street dudes in. These hood dudes. I was like, that's a very clever and unique way to host a show. So Bo, I know we're just meeting now, but... Love your stuff, brother. Who's who's engineering the episode today? Harrison. Harrison, you got a booming ass voice, bro. What? <laughs> Absolutely, man. You ever consider the opera? Damn. <laughs> Holy shit. Now, on my left, camera right, I met a, an eclectic mix of people as soon as I got out here, and I was actually looking for a podcast space, and I think. Before I reveal yourself, I think you can attest to this. Sometimes you just meet people and you're like, yo, that dude got the same brain as me, kind of. And so that's what I felt when I met our guest probably like five, six months ago. And then I was like, damn, this dude's a hustler in his own way. He's a hustler in his own right. Like, I never heard of anyone doing what this guy was doing. But I was like, wait, he's just really an entrepreneur trying to get to that bag with a specialized craft. So on my left, camera right, I have Seth Schaefer of... I saw light bulbs out of my trunk. No, I'm just kidding. I'd buy a light Seth bulb off Hill. you. Seth and Hill. I um, make custom-made suits and uh, have a showroom, and we run fun stuff out of there. Sometimes we have podcasts. Sometimes we have video shoots, photo shoots, commercials, random stuff people want. 
but specialize in custom suits. Can you just lower it so I can see your face? There you go. I got you. Do you want to see all that, dude? Yeah, for sure. Well, you're not just like an, an entrepreneur by flash because it's glamorous right now. You can, I just kind of want you to describe like how you came up, how you started, because you've been in the game like, what, like eight, nine years now making suits? Yeah, and suits alone. But I started uh, my first, when I was in sixth grade, I started selling Jolly Ranchers for 10 cents a piece. You buy a five pound bag and there was like 584 and then you sell them for 10 cents and the bag was eight bucks. And then... I started a lawn business where I was uh, mowing grass. I'd go door to door, knock on people's doors. And then after that, I sold some illegal things. <laughs> and then after that, I started making suits. I worked in a family business for a couple years and then moved to California, started my own, except, you know, and now I'm here. But uh, always been like, like selling shoes. It just, there's literally no other feeling in the world than selling something. It like, I don't know what it was, but it clicked really young. Like, ah, I could sell this and make more money. I could. It's the best feeling in the world. Yeah, service a product, whatever it is. It's just like enjoy. It's just enjoyable, and you meet super cool people along the path, and you learn so much about how business works through doing it. It's not. It's one of those things that you can read about it, but until you like are telling someone how great these sunglasses are, it just it doesn't really hold the same weight you know and your pops was a tailor too right yeah yeah my dad started he actually got trained in london and then moved back and started his company in 2010 and then we worked together for a few years and then i moved here and then started my own so uh he really like you know showed me how to do everything and like how to grow this business and in the you know the best way that he could and just like got me where I needed to go on a, on a real place, like a real business. Cause what I was doing prior was not a real business. Understood. Let's not incriminate you here either. Um, I, my friend asked me this recently. He was like, do you think like you can teach entrepreneurship? I think there are qualities you can teach, but you think it's like, it's a genetic trait, a piece of it at least. I, uh, like nature versus nurture. I think it's I think it's definitely a genetic trait, but I do think it's, it's uh, a learnable skill. Think about it's how uncomfortable are you willing to be to do what you want to do? If you're, if you're someone who's like, it's so uncomfortable for me to talk to someone and you can push through that, then yeah, I don't see why you wouldn't be able to do that. If you're someone who has who has high ego or high pride and then you're able to say like, I don't know what's going on, can I get some help? I'm sure you'd be able to excel. It's just the tough part is when you're that uh, like really, uh, I don't know, like artistic and you can't, you can't do it. Hold that, on. Go ahead. Hey, can we lock the door after this, please? Yeah. Continue. <laughs> uh, is that uh, if you're, if you're someone who's like really artistic and you have, you, you sorry, Seth. go ahead. Yeah. Can we just, yeah, can you grab the key and can we just lock that so we can just run this thing? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Snake Pit, brethren. Um, Brother, I don't know your name, but you're in for good, right? You're here for good, right? All right, cool. All right, let's just do this thing. All right, we're back. We're back. Great, back in the simulation. Dude, bring the fucking 
It's a snapper. Sorry, it's all good content, all good content. Go ahead. Uh, anyway, if you're someone who's really artistic, sometimes it's hard to tap into that business brain. And I'm someone who's more on the like artsy fartsy side of stuff and then had to learn like you can't, you can't, you, you can't be just the greatest artist that no one ever knows about. You get paid nothing and you gain nothing. So you have to learn that skill. You have to learn how to like work the business side of things, which you know, is a lot harder, is, is hard to do. But what came to you naturally first? Uh, like the people and like the talking and the selling and like the just you like, like to talk, huh? Yeah. Me too, man. Yeah, I get in Show trouble. Dude. I just I like <laughs> just see random people. I'm like, what's up? I'll talk to the dude checking out stuff at the gas station. Like, how's your day? And I'll just ask him again. Like, no, really, how is it? I know you're you about like to like make out with my friend Jack. You guys were like talking oh, dude, for like two hours. That dude's cool, man. It was cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was just. That's, I you don't guys, know. Like, fell in love. I was like, what's going on? I've been gone for an hour. <laughs> he was a good dude. He was like now, sitting like, on your lap. <laughs> nah, nah, dude, he would have, he, he's, he's a good, he was a good dude. But that, it's just that simple. Like you cannot have enough friends. You can't have enough people. And you never, like I've met so many people through so many strange ways. And uh, some are like my closest friends. And I never would have met him if I didn't just say like, oh yeah, I like those shoes something stupid you know but you especially in a place like this like you have to be outgoing you have to talk to people because everyone would just like kind of keep to themselves and uh, you just you have to be like outgoing was a squeaky wheel gets the grease <laughs> kind of have to like I get it do that do you ever like out hustling because it's your job to sell shit do you ever feel like it's it's hard to turn it on like it's hard to just be that fucking salesman, happy, positive all the time. Yeah. Uh, or do you have it just programmed at this no, point? No, it's like it's pretty automatic. I mean, I, I remember uh, I was waiting tables, which, by the way, I think is like the best job. I think everyone should do that. I think it's the best job that anybody can do because you talk to so many people and your amount of money that you'll make that night is dependent on how friendly you are, no matter what the situation is. And my dog just died and I literally just got to work and they're like, yeah, your dog just died. And I was like, all right. And then I was like, Hey, can I go home? And the guy was like, no, you got to work. I'm like, all right. And I worked all night and then I literally left and was like, man, I am so upset. But the entire night it was like, you have to keep that frame of like, everything's great. I'm good. Everything's cool. Everything's cool. I'm not sad. I'm not crying. You're crying. Like, and then, and just, you have to like, keep that fit that that frame and when it comes to selling it you comes to any job like i don't i wouldn't if i was at an it place i would not want to come into work and then hear someone complain about all the stuff that they're dealing with in their life if i'm buying something i never want to hear some guy telling me about yeah yeah the car runs good but man you should hear my wife like i don't want to hear about that like so why would i do that to someone else but it's pretty automatic it, especially when it's Oh, it's almost like whenever I put a suit jacket on or a suit or I'm like dressed up, I'm like, it's work mode. I'm working now. I, it, the, everything else is goes away. I'm working, I'm in the zone and I'm ready to like attack. I think know? there's something to be said about putting on a suit too. Like you do feel like just like, I like, I have to make to at least run the show. Like I like, I have to make an effort to get over here. It's like, okay, you're in here. Like, yeah. Time yeah. Once go. you're in, you're locked in. Yeah. I, I get that. I, I have, 
I remodeled, I like remodeled my apartment and I made it super friendly for me to work at. And when lately it's been a little more of resistance to go to my shop where it never was like that. Cause that was like my place. Like I, I go there and, uh, just, okay, I gotta get up. I gotta go over there. All right. Now, and then I get there and then I'm like, all right, I'm in. I'm locked in. You saw the shop. I have that ladder that's on top of the bathroom that has a whole desk. Mm-hmm. It's it's literally a mini version of that. It's like when I climb up the stairs and I have to like sit down, I'm 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 in the zone. I climbed up here, I did the thing, and now I'm going to sit here and work for however long until until I'm done. I don't want to start and stop and start and stop like it's we're in the zone, dude. It takes so much effort to get in that flow state that once you're in it, I'll ride it out until whatever time. I don't care. If, especially if I have nothing going on, I'm like, I'm in. See, I'm actually not wired that way. I, I have to just have a fucking to-do list. Really? So you're not a to-do list No, guy. I am. I'm a, I'm a to-do list all the time. I'm, I'm on that, but it, to get to the point where I do the to-do list is like... You're a big-time procrastinator? Or? E, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. anything fun that comes up, I'm going to throw whatever I have to do out the window. I know, you've been going on extravagant trips the past like three weeks, fucking three, four months. Dude, that's been, that's been like two years, dude. I've been like, I, okay, so. I kind of think it feeds your brand a little bit, though. Because people want to know that you got that bag on you that you can go on trips Yeah, you like can that. go have fun. Because you're trying to sell to rich dudes. But that's, that happened from, uh, that's pandemic Seth, dude. Pandemic Seth was like, I don't care about anything, dude. I don't give a shit. And then I just traveled in. Literally was like, well, I can't work, so fuck it. <laughs> I feel like you could work, though, because it's not like you're bringing crowds of people together. It, or just no one wanted a suit because no one was leaving the crib. No one could leave their house. Yeah, it makes I sense. wasn't even able to operate for like three months. I was, uh, they shut down my business. I was a non-essential business. And then after that, when things started to open back up, then we had the protests, which was like uh, June, right down the street from my store. Like there was a crowd of people coming up my street as I was at my shop and I was like, I got to get out of here. And then, and then, um, things open back up and then it's like, Oh, it's holiday season. Shut it down. Like Omicron. And then next thing you know, people are like, Hey, I don't want to come in. I'm seeing my family this weekend or whatever. And so you were flipping out. I was just like, well, what can I do? I'm going to go travel. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to get in my car and go wherever I want. And, uh, I did. And that was, not something I ever would have done. It would have been like, okay, well now it's time to panic and I'm going to just work harder. And what was the, there was no use. I just would have been stressed out doing nothing, trying to make something out of a terrible time. Like I couldn't change. But you didn't stop the business. No, I just, did you have like any key clients during that time that you were still checking? in? Oh dude, I had, my retention was like my, all the clients that I didn't get any new business through the pandemic. It was all, retention from guys that I've worked with in the past or who owed me money before they, before it shut down. So yeah. like, I, geez, I, I was probably owed like 40 grand worth of stuff at my shop when they're like, Oh yeah, it's shutting down. And I'm here looking at all this, all these suits. And I'm like, man, it would be super cool to get paid. And I hit everyone up and they're like, yeah, I can't come in. I'm nervous, whatever. And then slowly, but surely it was like, someone would come in and pick up their stuff, which was like, I'd somehow always make just like exactly what I needed. If someone come in, some other guy'd be like, hey, I, I kind of need something for this or, and it would just, it just like worked out, you know? But mm-hmm. 
it wasn't a record month. I wasn't crushing. I wasn't doing that. And, and it just, the time of it was different, but now it's, I'm full throttle again. And it feels good. It was honestly like, I think rejuvenating to take a break and get, get off of the work grind for a second and have like an early retirement for a few months. And then, oh yeah, okay. That was cool. I'm, I'm back in the saddle. Now, I think it's important, especially for the story of your business on like how you actually shifted out to LA. Cause so you were running the business in Maryland for X amount of years, five and, years, six years. Yeah. And then you were said, fuck it. I'm going to LA and try to do it on my own. Dude, I, I had a buddy who worked, he lived in Durango, Colorado originally, and he worked at a hotel and he did, he worked at a hotel and he was a ski, uh, snowboard instructor. And me and my friends from back home would fly out to whatever LA and then he would drive and meet us and then we would road trip and stay at all these hotels for like $40 a night at nice hotels and uh, we did that and then he moved to San Diego and then we started coming out to San Diego and LA and then we we did it a couple times a year because it was so inexpensive and I came here and I was just like yeah I gotta be here I gotta be here and it happened on the last time, the last trip I was here, I was driving all the way up north. We were going up to, uh, I think we were going to Yosemite or something, and we drove through a cloud. Like we were in the, va like in the high mountains and we were driving and we literally drove straight through a cloud. And I was like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. You're like, God's life. watching me. Yeah, and I was like, I gotta live in this state. And uh, I went back home, I was saving to buy a house at the time. I was gonna buy this house and have my best friends live with me and rent it to them and then I was like I'll do that for a year and then I'll buy another one and start like buying a bunch of property and I just realized like dude I have the money I'm not a tree I can move you know I don't have roots here I can literally get up and leave and do this somewhere else took the money moved out here and started it so you dropped all your clients in Maryland my dad kept them okay he kept it. all of them. I said all right I'm out yeah you know, take Take care of them. And so did you drive out here? Yeah. I, I got rid of everything I owned except for my suits and some shoes and, like, my base. I think that yeah. was it. That's you all really have an existential crisis. I just got rid of everything, dude. I was like, I'm not. You shaved I'm, your head. <laughs> yeah, dude. I got a couple tattoos on my face. No, but I, I like, I did. I just was like, I, I wasn't, I didn't like where I lived, man. I didn't like, I hated the weather. I hated it. I hated any time I had off and I was free to actually like go do something I wanted to do the weather would just completely cock block me like just it was raining it was snowing it was 99 degrees with a hundred percent humidity like and I wasn't outside I wasn't doing anything that I enjoyed and I wasn't happy and I didn't like the idea of I didn't like the idea of being a big fish in a small pond. Like it, it just didn't do anything for me. It was too, it was too easy. And then at a certain point you realize that the threshold that you can break is like, like you're, you're already this far and it's only been a couple years. It's really not like it's gonna, your business isn't gonna, I'm not gonna be doing 5 million in sales there. It's not big enough of a place to do that. I, mean, I felt the same way in Boston. But I can do that here. Yeah, for sure. You know, you can raise more money for your films. You can actually make big films. Like, there's budget. There's people. There's you can make that bag. You can make that 
doubloons, dude. <laughs> you can pick up that treasure, you know, but that you can't ass. be doing that in a small place. I mean, you can, you know, if you have the right, if you have the right connections, but if you got that Jeff Bezos brain, bro, <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> that guy, I, got I saw rich. my soul for that brain. Him or Elon, dude, I'm like, geez, both of them like computers, but yeah, at a certain point, you, you just, I mean, that's, I imagine it's the same thing with you. Like, you, you wanted something bigger. Right? I was very depressed after I made my movie. I was like, what the fuck do I do? Yeah, what now? <laughs> I was like, I, this is all I've wanted to do for four years is make this fucking movie and put it in theaters. Like, what the fuck do I do next? And then, same shit. Do you take I 80 out here? No, I took. Took that Texas route? 40, yeah, and then it took me whatever, yeah, through Texas. Did you go to the northern route? Is that I-80? There's a northern, northern, there's a middle, and then there's the Texas route. I took the Texas route. I went through Tennessee. Okay. Because it was April, and I didn't want to mess with Colorado and all that stuff. You should like, drive back with this car. Yeah, dude, that'd be fun. Huh? <laughs> that would be really fun. I think it's a trip everyone should try once. I've done it twice. I drove back in. Where'd you stay in Utah? I did uh, Provo. Okay. Was it, is that like... Desert? It's, no, uh, it's like the real Mormon town. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's like northern Utah. Yeah. Cool. Kind of by like Salt Lake City. Salt Lake, yeah. But I I just did that trip two years ago. I went. My friend abruptly got a job in New York and was like, "Can you pack my apartment up and drive it across the country?" And I was like, "Yeah." For that bag, yeah. No, I just did it. Damn. My homie and I went with another friend. And I was like, "Let's just." I got. I'm, I'm nothing going on. I get to drive across the country go stay in Soho for a couple days and then fly home. He's like, I'll buy your ticket. I'll take care of you when you come here. And I was like, all right. I'm supposed to be gone for eight days. It turned into six weeks and uh, it was great. I drove out there and then he moved to Nashville and then I went and saw my family. I went down to Nashville for a couple weeks and had a banging time, dude. Now, one thing I picked up from you is like, you're kind of like a spice of life type dude. Like, you like the thrills. Do you think that, well, it's the truth. And I actually feel the same way. Do you think that energizes your business or do you think it distracts? No, I think it, I think it energizes, man. Like, I, I need, like, intense adrenaline. Like, mm -hmm. I like riding a motorcycle as fast as it can go. Jumping uh, off the dam. I, yeah, I like things that are, like, danger. And I think that's <laughs> probably one of the clicks for, like, running a business is that, you find yourself teeter-totting between that all the time where like things are just rolling and you're stoked and then something happens, some bill hits you, this, that, whatever, and you're like, oh no, I'm in danger and I need to figure it out. And you you like, I don't know, your survival mode kicks on. You wouldn't say it's 80% monotony running a business? No. Not for me at least, man. Well, yeah, because you're like a, tra a traveling salesman essentially. And not, even, not in a bad and way. And not even that. Like I don't, I have, you know, I have a store, but like, yeah, okay, some of the stuff I say may be repetitive, but I'm always meeting new people and like full transparency, like the conversations I have with people are like 90% about life, this, their life, whatever's going on, and then 10% of it is about a suit. It, it's like people come in for two hours, some people stay for five hours, and I, the, I never tell people like, you gotta go, I don't care, hang out as long as you want. I had a client who came in at noon, was supposed to get a suit. He was like, oh, I'm on a tight time frame. 
And then the time frame ran out. He had to be on a Zoom call. And I was like, just stay here. Just take the Zoom call here. Like, I got stuff I got to go do. I worked on my computer. He did. And then he's like, I have like back to back Zoom meetings. Can I just like stay? Saw clients all day. He sat on the couch on a Zoom call. And then at the end, it was like eight o'clock at night. He's like, I'm done now. All right. Did all the stuff. And then he went out to dinner with his buddies. It's great. But I don't think it's a, I think I need that. I can't, I can't have that monotonous stuff. I like seeing new people. I like doing new things. I mean, it's fun. You, I don't know. Have, do you feel like that? You feel like you're doing the same thing over and over and over again? I feel like there's strength in monotony. Like, it's just discipline in monotony. Just like, do, like being like, yo, I know even if I move the ball down the field a little bit, it's going to get me closer to where I'm trying to go. Mm. And I think that does require hard-nosed discipline at times. But I agree. Out here, I have felt way more energized than I was in Boston because there's all these fucking people you can meet, all this hustling you can do. Yeah, there's the, the uh, I don't know, like the hope seems higher. Like there's, there's more Possible, to obtain. yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, there's more possibilities. But the discipline stuff. It's because there's more, sorry to cut you off. It's because there's more like-minded people out here, bro. It's a concentration of the most driven people on the fucking planet. Yeah. I, yes and no. There's well, like, I'm, I'm not saying the whole city is driven. No, but no, But I'm saying, no. but there is a, a pocket of just intensity <laughs> like well, yeah yeah dude the co- okay to put it in perspective you can i had a four bedroom house with an in-law suite and it was 2100 a month go find that here you, you can't dude like the just the cost to exist here is so much higher than anywhere else that like anywhere else you can go so you you have to you have to perform if you just want to live here. It's not like, oh yeah, I can just go get this six hundred dollar apartment and I'm good at Starbucks. Like you have to like have that job and drive Lyft and this and that. Like you're forced to. The only difference about here versus like New York or Boston or Maryland or any like any or DC whatever is that there they want to tell you how hard they work. Here, no one wants to tell you how hard they work. Like it's I don't. I feel like it's all like, yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah, I'm good. Like, no, dude, I work my ass off. Uh, and I don't know. I found, like, a, you have to really pry to find out, like, how much do you do? What do you do? What do you really do? And then the guy who's like, yeah, I'm an actor. Like, no, you're not just an actor, dog. Like, you've been writing stuff. You're practicing music. You're doing this. Like, you're doing uh, whatever. You're driving Lyft. And you're oh, okay. Lyft. I understand what you're saying. Like, Got you it. actually have like ten. You, you think it's you on. think it's glamorous to sound like you just do one thing, but yes. in actuality, everyone's out here you do, grinding. Yeah, yeah, like they're grinding, but don't want to tell anyone. Like they have Why? Like, it's like that's a I, good I don't, thing. <laughs> exactly, but that's not how it is here. Like, oh yeah, I'm just a model. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're an IG baddie, OnlyFans model. No, dude, you got like ten. You were on things. the bang bus. You're selling your toes, dude. Get out of here. I know what you're up to. Like, no, like, shorties make a bag off the feet pics. That's wild, dude. <laughs> I know girls are making a lot of money off that. That's ridiculous. How could you expand your business, dude, if you just had better looking feet? That's a good point. You just be. I got like Shrek feet. <laughs> dude, there's a market, huh? There might be. <laughs> you should tap that market. You should, should go into Beverly Hills. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, what? Do you, what is your? 
the Irish Hercules feet, dude. You got it. That, that's, what, that's what you could be. You could be slanging that foot pick. Get yourself a couple bucks. Nice little thousand on a foot pick. Damn, dude, that's wild. I can't even. Have you ever considered since you're, I mean, I think there's a benefit in doing such a face-to-face business, but there must be times where you're like, yo, I would love to do something e-commerce. Oh, man, I'm already working on it. I'm going to have an e-commerce store probably by the end of, by October. So I'll have, uh, I'm doing a limited collection of, I'll do 10 to 15 pieces in different sizes and then do all individual custom-made ones that I won't recreate for resale. So I'll do individual ones that I make, put it online, and I'll sell it and see what happens. But I'm not really like, it's not my primary thing. It's nothing crazy, but it'll, you know. How will you segment that business from your current business? Because don't you feel like you want to just devote all your focus to selling suits? They're so, they're correlated the same. So essentially if, okay, so you walk in my store, I have three racks of suits, right? Four racks of suits. They're all samples. They're for when you need have a party, when some guy asks me to do a fashion show or if there's a photo shoot or some asshole wants to walk on the red carpet, like I have stuff for them to wear to promote the business. Well, if I'm making the garments anyway that are going to be sitting at my store that are for samples that, you know, some guy who's getting married wants a suit in two weeks and I don't have it and I have one made, it's not really anything different. The only difference is I'm just going to take a picture of it and put it on the website and be like, it's for sale. So yeah. it, 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 same ship. It's the same thing. The only difference is I'm actually marketing it where before it's like the unspoken thing. Like, yeah, you can come in and you can see if I have something and if it fits you, you know, I'll sell it to you, but I'll sell anything in my store. You want to buy whatever you want. Come on in. You want that mini fridge, dude? You can have it. Interested? I'm not. Damn. But I will say, I'll give you a little marketing. Your store is immaculate. Thanks, man. For sure. I'll give, I'll give you a chance to promo the business a little bit at the end so you can go fucking nuts. That, <laughs> thanks. That was a pain <laughs> in the ass getting that thing together, dude. With a store? <laughs> dude. Why is that still beneficial for you, having a storefront? You can see 10 times more people than being in a car going somewhere So else. people are actually coming to you. Because I was telling you, that dude I introduced you to, I yeah. talked to him today. I was like, yeah. I'm sure Seth would just go out to go see you. Oh, yeah, I would. Yeah. I would, but it's like... It's a hike. It doesn't... It, it just... Okay, if I have to go to Hollywood, I had to go to Hollywood for a guy last week. I'll do it. I'm going to do it again this week. Hold um, up, hold up. What? Hollywood? Yeah. You mean the snake pit? Continue. <laughs> Unreal. <dude. laughs> oh, man. Unreal, Come on, man. you guys like Unreal. that one. Unreal. <laughs> yeah, I had to go there for, uh, for a guy, but he's one of like my best clients. I mean, he'll spend some loot and... But the drive to go there, pick out all the stuff, it's like four and a half hours worth of, you're driving back and forth, and then the time to do the process, it's four hours where I could have been at my shop and seen three people already. And then, and the best part is when I have someone there and we're wrapping up and then people come in and then they meet each other and then my clients are meeting each other and then they give input on the clothes and they become friends all because they were just at my store. You know, it's like you get to meet someone in a cool place that's also, you know, successful because they're affording something nice. It's not like, you know, you guys met in a cool place and whatever. They're all, it all kind of, it works really well. And it's just nice to have a place to call home, store all your stuff, have all your samples, have like, it legitimizes you. For sure. 
people like that. If I'm going, if I'm only on the road and I'm going to people's house, I'm like, Hey man, yeah, you know, this is $10,000. Uh, I need five of it now. Yeah, it makes sense. They're like, wait, I'm about to give you five, 10 grand and you're just going to call me like, Oh yeah, yeah, I'll just call you. Like doesn't really make someone feel fully secure that they're going to get their stuff they just paid for. So it's nice having a place to be like, Hey, you can come find me here. What's so interesting is I've been pitching sponsorship all week for the next event. And, um, most of the people I've been talking to, the first thing they'll ask is, can I see the space? So it's like, it's the same psychology. They want to know. They just want to know, like, is the space legit? Where am I bringing my products? <laughs> yeah, man. Cause people get, makes sense. Yeah. People get freaked out cause they don't know you. They don't, you know, for sure. But I, I would think just sending like all my prior events, like, yo, I've been executing like for five, six years. It's not enough. Another thing you'll learn here. No one cares what you did. That's not here. That was the other they thing. They don't give a fuck. No. I came here and I'm like, yeah, I made suits for this guy and this guy. And everyone's like, fuck that guy. I'm like, okay, well, uh, you've, I have awards from all, these, all this stuff in Maryland. And everyone's like, mm, it doesn't matter. Like, you're not legit here. When did you realize, because this is one thing I'm going through right now. All the brands I'm speaking to, they're like, what, like who is, who's the celebrity list coming to your party? Like, we want to know who's coming. But when did you realize that celebrity, like, having that resume is huge for your fucking business because it like runs 40 percent of the damn town uh, always man since day one that's like it's all you've targeted or uh, no it's just always been like a thing uh on the radar but I've, i didn't start actively trying for it like it it always just kind of fell on my lap like you're you know some guy who knows some guy and then someone's like hey this guy needs some stuff and you work with them or whatever and it's it just kind of fell in my lap but it wasn't until I moved here. That's one of the reasons I moved here. I was like, I'm going to elevate my brand because if I, if I have a place with access to more people that are of stardom, then it will generate way more revenue and you can charge more for your service because you're backed by these the resume. I get it. Yeah. And at a certain point you have to have that, like you have to have like your, your boxes checked of like, Oh yeah, yeah. He knows what he's doing. He works with blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I, I, I don't give a fuck either. I just... I don't care at all, but people like it. And it's social proof. You're getting social proof. If someone says, oh, yeah, uh, I worked with X, Y, and Z, and then you tell them you've worked with whoever, like, they're like, oh, this guy, he must be good. Because, blah. Like, I, it makes people feel like you're more legit. Makes sense. Well, I think about, like, celebrity brand all the time. And essentially... Why does anybody want to buy Mark Wahlberg's tequila over um, Patron? It's because they know Mark Wahlberg for 20 years. They yeah. know what he's done. They feel like they're buying actually from him. Yeah. Essentially, that's yeah, like, they, Well, every commercial is him on a chair, him doing something with a tequila, and they're like, Mark Wahlberg drinks this. Goat That's what they tell this. their friends. Goat drinks this. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg drinks this. You see that movie? Yeah, this is the same tequila. That's why people buy shoes like... It's trust. Whatever. Yeah. The, the, it's clout. You get to say that this is this. You I know? know, but I've just been, I'm like, why does this stimulate people so much? I don't, it does nothing for me, dude. I, I don't know. But I get, I think it's, tr I think it just builds trust. Yeah. Because you're being validated by the highest social class. So if the elite like this, 
then it must be good. Status thing, yeah. It's status, which is, you know, if the king is wearing a red jacket, then everyone's going to be like, we got to wear red jackets. Just because the guy is, is said it's good. And I think it's just, it's, yeah, the social proof and making sure that uh, it all checks the same boxes and people are like, oh, yeah, it all checks out because this guy does it. It's just probably like primal of, Oh yeah, the the leader told us that we can eat this mushroom or this berry, so it's okay. It's very like, I don't know. Just, I get it. Uh, leaders and followers. Mm -hmm. So, what was your first sale out here that actually gave you the reputation that all right, this dude Seth's delivering on suits? Uh, honestly, I think it was. I don't know. I don't know that there was a direct mo. It was honestly a lot, like a lot of buildup and a lot of stuff. I think it was more the consistency of things. Like I got, I, there, I work with this company, Wingman. That's a mag. It's called Wingman Magazine, and the guy called me to sell me advertising for dressing celebrities, and I was on the phone with him for an hour, telling him like I'm not gonna pay to dress someone. I'm not gonna pay for that, and. One thing led to another, and he called me three days later and was like, look, we're staying at the Huntley Hotel. It's literally right down the street. You should bring some clothes by. He brought the clothes by. He loved them. I took great care of them. He took great care of us, and we built this relationship, and they've been amazing to partner with ever since, and they dress tons of all kinds of celebrities, and I just bring the clothes over, and he does the thing, and I'm done. And the consistency through that of just constantly being published with people who are well-known was ridiculous. But the real thing that like invigorated the fire was um, that magazine uh, had dressed Mark Paul Gossler, which was Zach Morris on Saved by the Bell. And I get this phone call and I'm like, oh yeah, hello. And he's like, hey, it's Mark Paul, you know, can you come over to my house? And, and like, make make me a suit I have the one on right now and it's literally the greatest suit I've ever put on I was like yeah of course and I went there I hung out with him he was such a cool dude we have the same birthday just different years and uh just hit it off and then that kind of like when you get one you start to get more it starts to like roll and just I don't know you just meet the right people. You meet the right people, but they know after you have one or two or you're being consistent that people are like, oh, he's the guy. He's the guy who did that. You had that successful guy on your podcast. Then more people will come because the proof is there that you're like. That took me 100 episodes in Boston. <laughs> 115. That's crazy. I saw, yeah, you're, what is it, like 300 and something now? Yeah, you might be like 340 something. Yeah, dude, that's sick. Thanks. That's insane, dude. The consistency to keep doing something is like. Well, I yeah, that happened for me. I had a, I had this dude who was running for Congress on the show. His name is Joe Kennedy. He's like hmm. RFK's grandson. He was like supposed to be on president. And I had him on. It was literally for like 20 minutes. And then I'd never had another problem getting anybody I wanted. Because you had that name. Because, yeah, but it took 120 <laughs> episodes. I mean, yeah. you know what that's like. How many suits do you sell before you sold that one of Gosler? thousands dog <laughs> the fuck yeah it does it you know how many business cards i went through in the first like three months i think i went through probably like five thousand business cards in like maybe five or six months do you I'm, still do business cards 
Yeah. What, what's the point? Don't, can you just do a QR code on your phone? It's a nice card. <laughs> what's, that, what's that from? He's like, oh, my God. Uh, 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 oh, uh, God. American Psycho. Uh, yeah. He's like, the eggshell. <clears throat> oh, God. Oh, <laughs> oh I fucking hate him. The gold, the gold edges. <laughs> this is clean, um, though. This is hard. But uh, pretty much just, I don't know, it's a nice thing to give out. And when you're at networking events, you're somewhere... If someone's like remotely interested, or I don't know, it's just a thing. You just have them, give them out. People call you, or sometimes they don't. They give it to a friend. It ends up in trash. I don't give a shit. It's just a thing for me to give you my information and not stand there and be like, "What's your number?" Like, it, here, put on your fridge. I'm different though. I'd rather just get someone's digits. I don't want that. Really? No, I want your card because it gives me all your info, and I can put it in my database and then slam you with emails. Yeah, but why don't you just ask for their email instead of? Having the paper. Dude, because I have to sit there and type it and be like, oh, this is awkward. We're like in the middle of talking, but like. But that's I, how you network. Here, dude. I, I get you. You're... Take the item and leave me alone. But what if it's like, <laughs> but what if it's like, yo, dude, I just want your digits. Like, why is that such a bad thing? No habla espanol. <laughs> that's what I would say. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Here. Uh, I'll keep it here. Yeah. Hold on to that, dude. Keep it. Think about it. See, that's it. what I'm saying. It's like, I don't want... I don't, why don't I say, yo, give me your email? And I don't want to see that shit. Okay. And then some asshole's like, oh, yeah, here's my email. And it's 17 digits. And then on top, or 17 characters, then they add the ad But then instead of... I mean, I got to get fucking Adderall mail. to focus on this damn email address here. It's like... That's at Seth and Hill, dog. It's easy. Yeah, now I'm getting a headache, bro. The whole thing. Get LASIK, dude. I don't know. But I, I don't know. It's just... It's always been like... It's just a nice touch, especially when someone's not interested in your product. Like, they're interested, but they're nervous or they don't. Like, you give it to them, and it can permeate a thought that then lingers, and then they want it. That's one thing I've, I have learned. It took me, like, years to learn is, like, bro, stop trying to sell shit to people who just don't want it. Yeah, give, it's pointless. Yeah. Do not try to convince anyone, bro. Dude, uh, uh, that is you waste time. Like it, I used it, to do it all the time. Though. I'd be like, no, trust me. Like, you really want this T-shirt. Man. No, you don't. It's like, no, he's never going to buy it. You're never going to buy him it. Just leave him the fuck alone. Leave him alone and sell to all of his friends until he feels like an asshole that he didn't buy one. <laughs> Literally the best thing you can do. <laughs> like, Kill him with success. <laughs> yeah, dude, no, just surround him by everyone else telling you how great this T-shirt is. And then he's just like, damn, I should have bought that fucking T-shirt. You know, he talked to me first about that. That's what he'll tell all of his buddies. But... When someone's not interested, but you don't know or whatever, and you don't want to waste time, hey, anyway, yeah, here's my card. Let me know if you change your mind or think about it or whatever. And it's like, I'm giving you the info. We don't have to exchange anything. And that cost me 10 cents. It's like, all right. I'll tell you, like, so in college, I had made a film. It was called The Adventures of Adderall Boy. Kid takes Adderall, <laughs> turns into a superhero. So I kind of knew I had the sauce to make a movie. And... Um, and I went to a small school. And so that summer, I felt like madly in love with this shorty. Madly in love with her. And I, this is the truth, I simped up. I, I went to her crib, because we kind of lived near the same hometowns. If <laughs> she sees this, like, um, and I dropped flowers off at her crib. Simped out. Didn't know that's not how it worked. I mean, you can talk about this, because I know you read the Rational Mail and all that shit. But didn't know that's not how it worked. And ghosted me the rest of the summer. Damn. 
dying. And I'm like, what the fuck? Did you leave a card? <laughs> Did you no, ask her no, for but, a digital No, but so this is my point. So I was fucking torn. I was like, what did I do wrong? Like, yo, I'm really out here winning on campus, just made a movie. Like, everyone knows me on this, at this fucking school. Like, what, what am I offering that's not right? Fuck me up. So then I went back to school next semester, and I started selling T-shirts. And I sold T-shirts to every single fucking kid in my grade besides her. And so it's a little bit relevant to what you're saying. How did it saying. work? It fucking worked. <laughs> Would you like, I want a T-shirt? No, and I, st- and I started being a dick to her. Oh, and then it worked. Wow. And I'm like, yeah, what is going on in the human psyche? This hey, is crazy. Opposite day, every day. Be nice. And then they're like, no. And then be, you know, a dick. And they're like, I love you. Do you, do you tote the, like, your wife's up, so. I was going to say, do you tote the line? No. No. I, I, dude, like, you, I, I don't know. You just, like, I love my girlfriend. I love my partner. I'm like, there's no, like. I don't have to try or do anything. It's just like there's boundaries that I have and I've expressed them and there's boundaries he's expressed. And it's like, okay, there's no, it's like at a certain point, you don't have to keep playing the game. We would play this shit where I would go on a date with her and then I'd get pissed that she wouldn't text me and be like, had such a good time with you. Like, why didn't you, you didn't, I just went out, we just went out to dinner and I gave you a great time and then you never texted me, didn't say anything. And she was the only person who ever would do that. And I was like, well, I ain't gonna text you. And then, f- whatever, three, four days later, I'd call him and be like, what's up? You don't say anything? You want to go out to dinner tonight? And, like, that was the, like, game that we played. And then we started dating, and then it's like, all right, I, I don't need to keep playing this. I like you. Are you do you want to do this? Okay, let's do that. And now it's, it's not like that anymore. But when you're looking for someone or whatever, it's all game. It's just it's a damn game, bro. Oh brother. my god, it's so annoying, man. It's like you're always having to be like, "Man, I like this girl so much. <clears throat> I'm not gonna text her." Like, <laughs> she texted me six times, and it took her 42 minutes, so I'm gonna wait three days. <laughs> like you, that's the like. <laughs> that was like the games that I had to play, and I'm like, I don't need to do that. I don't. I don't want to. It's not even worth it. Like, the. No. Understood. <clears throat> but. It works. I do want you to describe, because I think this is valuable, and I'm going to cut you up a clip. Can you kind of describe how, when you were, like, sending out 200 cold calls a day, how you'd approach it? Oh, my God, dude. I think this is – I'm going to put my hand up because I'm going to cut up a clip of this. Okay, so I would go through the Yellow Pages book, and then uh, I would just call everyone, right? Just fucking blast every single person, and then – fuck it. And then I went and started making lists of all these people, all these lawyers, super lawyers, and made all these lists and whatnot. And I'd get on the phone, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, my name is Seth Shaif. I'm sorry, no, 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 no. Uh, hi, my name is Noah Taylor. I just wanted to give you a quick ring. Is there any way I could talk to Mr. Holloway? Oh, yeah, listen, it's really important that I get your attention right now. I just need a quick moment. Mr. Schaefer is going to be in the area, and he's just an exquisite tailor. Is there any way that you could give him just a few minutes to talk to him real quick? And I made up a guy named Noah Taylor, who was my assistant, who then I would cold call so that it wasn't me on the phone. And also, I wasn't getting rejected when everyone told me to shove it, which was like 99% of the time. So then I would email the guy and be like, hey, Noah told me to talk to you. I'd love to meet with you, whatever. But 
I literally got the lowest success rate, the worst conversions, the most amount of no's, and um, it was like, seemed like it was futile, but I think that my belief system is that by me being willing to do that uncomfortable thing and like sit there for hours just calling people, I think that that gave me more opportunities when I was out in front of someone or out because I knew how hard it was to get one person to just be interested. And when I was in front of people, I would actually be able to captivate attention and be like, hey, you need this. Because mm -hmm. I was so like pent up of just getting no that I was, I was so dead set like I'm going to get a yes. Someone is going to tell me yes. And if it's not on the phone, it's gonna be in fucking person. I don't care if I have to stop at this Burger King because this guy's got a Ferrari. I am going to, you. someone is buying something. And it was, uh, it was ridiculous, man. I have like these old iPad videos of me calling on the phone and it's got some pro tips for you, dude. You said you were cold calling, right? I just, calling. I just wanna, I just wanna address something that's gotta be the most psychotic shit I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Listen, dude, it's not me. It was Noah, dude. He's a fucking real prick. So you just <laughs> called people for Oh, yeah, hour. dude. Yeah, dude, you just got on the phone. Listen, listen, if there's any way that we could possibly get together, I'm telling you, Mr. Schaefer is exquisite. Grand Taylor. So the thing is, what's sickening is, is the hustle's unmatched. What's sickening about this is, like, you believe the character. You, like, oh, yeah. You're like a method actor. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, dude. I, like, I'm not getting rejected. It, it's Noah. You gotta like separate the two because if I'm getting rejected all the time, that's like that's I'm like just, some borderline personality. I'm just like <laughs> so I'm just so upset. Like I just go home and just feel like I'm gonna roll into a McDonald's and they're gonna be like, "Listen, sir, no, you can't have any food here. Fuck yourself." The thing is, if we were to meet out and you approach me with the accent, I'd be like, "No, nah, this dude for real is Australian." Huh. Dude, call 200 people a day in an Australian accent. Ever like my friends are like, "What happens if they like ask where you're from?" I'm from Port Ferry. I don't even know where that is. Yeah, dude, there That's you go. The point. But like, what's South your sister's Island? name? No, Noah? South Island. <laughs> I don't have one. Got it. You're quick. But like, the uh, you you call two hundred people a day, and then like someone's like, "Oh yeah, you're not Australian or Kiwi." I'm like, "You're right. You got me." Uh, you're no, gonna be like, "Fucking call the police!" <laughs> <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> like, okay, you got me. But the uh, okay, so it's. The mother of invention, uh, what is it? The, what is it? Creativity is the mother of invention? Or what is it? What the hell is the saying? I don't know. You've been whipping out a lot of quotes I was, I've been unfamiliar with. Damn, son. The, whole, the whole greasy wheels quote. What, didn't know that one either. You ever heard that? Never. Squeaky wheel gets the grease? I understood the gist, but I did, I've never heard it. Damn, son. Um, creativity is the mother of invention. Or, some, or mother of invention is creativity. One of the two. But then... Um, the father of learning is pain. <laughs> so, so when I'm literally so stuck, I've, I spend all the money trying to grow the business. I have no more money. I've exhausted all my resources. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I had to be creative on how am I going to make this work. So then like, yeah, that absolutely insane idea of calling someone in a fake accent that's my assistant with a his, Noah do you know a Taylor was the alter that was the whatever like yeah it automatically sounds like it's a good idea now because I'm so desperate for for something to like work that I can afford 
Makes sense. I totally so, get it. Um, and then and then you use that skill set now, entrepreneurship wise. You use the same skill set you learn from the fucking pain. Hell yeah, man. No, I'm in I'm always like trying to figure out a new way to brand my business or cut costs. promote or whatever. Not not even cut like cutting costs is like the least of it. It's more just like how do you get people aware of what you do? And there's kind of the tier system. How are you doing that now? Social media, Yelp and Google. I'm um, doing, uh, like I'm working with a bunch of celebrities on stuff and bartering and trading and like asking people for their advice. How do I grow my business? How do I, I have a mentor? Like I get, I, I end up getting, um, now I'm at the point where I found all the things that really yield me the most benefit Whereas before I kind of had to throw everything at the wall, which was instead of, instead of me, I would go to downtown LA, I'd stand in front of the courthouse, I'd be well-dressed. And then I would just, every guy that looked like an attorney who came out, I would compliment their shoes or I'd be like, Hey, excuse me, do you know where a good place to eat is? I don't have any money to eat. I don't even live around here. I'm not even, I don't even care. All I want to do is talk to you. It's some G shit. And then you. It takes nuts to do that. I don't, I don't know, man. It's just as simple as talking to someone on the street. Like, it doesn't feel like... I know, but that's what I'm saying. It takes nuts to literally go up to random fucking people and be like, yo, I just got to talk to this dude so I can grow my fucking business. Pain. Pain. <laughs> Pain. Suffering. When, struggling. Like, like, the option of, oh, yeah, all the money and all the time and everything that you put into this is going to go away if you don't Take go action. talk to people. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. And that's where comes from but I've been to like the Emmys and the Grammys or whatever like all these things I'd never I didn't pay I broke in and I went and then I explain I would go the day before look at the site walk around see where I think I could get in show up late and then wear a tuxedo find the weak spots in the entry and then go in and then as soon as the event was over I'd get in my car and drive lift and take these assholes home in my tuxedo but like I met Henry Winkler on the red carpet and like I got a photo with an Emmy. I like you went, serious? Yeah, dog. It's on my social media. You can see it all. I went to I went to uh what the hell is the other You got one? that from sneaking in? Yeah. <laughs> Was not invited. <laughs> I invited <shit>. myself. <laughs> and then like I went to some after parties and just like I just did it. <laughs> I don't know. Probably the funniest story was I was at, I think, I don't know. It was whatever the music wanted, the Grammy. There was one at the Microsoft Center, or I think it was the Microsoft Center. And I, I like, couldn't find my way in. And I end up in the parking garage where all the celebrities park that's attached to the building. And, like, I'm in the VIP entrance and exit. And uh, I'm desperately trying not to look lost but i'm totally fucked and i'm like getting nervous where i'm like oh man like some guy's gonna spot this energy that i'm sketching and they're gonna be like what are you doing back here sir i don't have a badge i don't have anything i have no credentials i'm no one and i just gotta be like oh i'm just looking for the event so i'm back there and i'm freaking out and uh out comes push a t and i we like just looked at each other and he's like i love those shoes man and i was like Thanks, man. And I was like, hey, you know where? How do I get back inside? I'm lost. And then he was just like, it's right over there. And I just walked around the corner, and then there I was. But boom. It, it, he, uh, big shout out to Push. But uh, 
Yeah, dude. I don't know. I, I'm telling you, I'm not now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, I did all this crazy stuff to get my brand out there to do all these things. But I'm also noticing that there wasn't as much success. Like, I think it's an, a, a necessity that you have to do in your first year, your first two years. Like you have to be everywhere. You have to be doing anything and everything. But now I'm at the point where I'm starting to convert all that into people finding me. Mm-hmm which is what I'm more interested in. I don't want to do all that stuff anymore. It's a lot of like insanity, you know, but, um, yeah, man, it's wild. That sounds cool. What's the, your favorite suit you've ever tailored for myself or for someone else for a client? Um, and what made it so special? What was that one? I'm trying to think there is like, there's a couple I made this yellow, when I got here, I made, I made a jacket for the guy who created that TV show, The Ranch. And it was like this orange, like it was actually like this. It was like this real orange, heavy fabric. And it was the first time making a flannel tweed jacket in LA. And he was super cool. And I dropped it off to him at Netflix and he let me watch the filming of it. And I got to like meet a couple of the guys or whatever and watch people act. And I was just like, it, it was really, it was really cool because I've never seen Hollywood. I've never seen like a movie be made. I've never seen like a set. I never saw any of that stuff. That was pretty special. But I made this like pulverized jade suit a few years ago that was sick. Cause it has essentially they crush up jade and put it in the fabric when it's being woven. I'm unfamiliar, what's jade? Jay's a uh, stone. Like the a rock, gemstone. okay. Yeah, cool. and um, they also do it with diamond. They do pulverized diamond, same type of stuff. It's like green, it's this green powder. Sounds like a huge waste, crush up a fucking diamond. No, you can see it in the, you can see it in the light. It's like the most shiny, it has this But does that, de- that does it devalue the? It makes the suit like 20 grand. The suit? Yeah, it's in a suit. But wouldn't the diamonds be more expensive than the suit, or am I crazy? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Maybe, uh, I don't know, but uh, it's sick and it was really cool seeing that i was like whoa i've never seen anything like that before but i have this one client scott that loves getting like funky stuff like he always lets me kind of do suits that are not what anyone else would buy like you know nehru collars and all this wild fabric in different places and like different color like pink suit and like things that are not often that you get someone requesting and that's always fun but there's not like a specific one that i'm like oh yeah i remember that suit you know now if i was to start wearing suits to the podcast what would you recommend i wear you to keep brand to keep on brand but it's like maybe i have like a netflix exec in the fucking seat what should i be wearing uh probably probably something like a t-shirt and like sneak t-shirt sneaker jeans and like a a jacket a jacket like yours yeah i mean this is maybe a little more this is funky this is a hunting jacket it's like a shotgun patch on the side but um something colorful but not too crazy because you got to look like in this world you got to look like you care but you can't look like you're selling something <laughs> like you can't look like a used car salesman you want to look like an enigma like oh maybe that guy runs a giant it company or maybe he is homeless and got this at the gap or got this at goodwill like you have to have like off a little bit. Yeah, you have to have that like thing in between where you can't look 
button up suit and tie and be sitting here with some guy who's like, I don't care about anything. So, but, uh, how important do you think in today's society to sell shit is to have form fitting clothes? Like I'm out here wearing like a Simon Cowell tee. Yeah, dude, you're fucking, Guys testosterone out here with a shake weight just getting at it watch this watch this <laughs> popping those things come on brethren irish hercules brethren i can't stop <laughs> dude this guy can you guys do the biceps Pop wow dude look at this dude man thanks wow he, keep feeding my ego come on he took that creatine this morning dude. creatine that's terrible for your physique HGH, dude, a little. See, that's why I would wear suits all the time. But how are you gonna show shorties you're jacked, dude? Make it fitted. You look. You think the Rock is small when he's wearing a suit? But he's not always wearing suits, bro. He's wearing those Project Rock tees. What, dude? So you trying to get back in the gym, huh? Yeah, dog. Your boy fell off. I was shredded. Cause you got wiped, bro. No, dude. I was shredded during the pandemic because I did not have to work. So when you don't have to work, it's really easy to schedule your to meals. Be fit. Yeah. No. Not even just your meals. Like, you can just work out all the time. You, you could can, work out every day, though. Yeah, I could. Uh, I just don't. don't. Yeah. <laughs> because now I have a job. I work again. I like to do things. I'm like, oh, man, I would really like to just work out whenever I want. And now I have to schedule it. And I don't really want to do that. And now I have to because. Could you do like a 5 a.m. wake up? Start doing something? I get running? up at 530. You do? Yeah. I already started. I'm like, I got to be. I'm up, I drink coffee, I do I practice my Spanish, I read a book and then Hablas español, sí? Sí. Yo estoy practicando. Un poquito. Un poquito. Mm, un poquito más. Yeah, I uh I've been I'm on a 57 58 day streak, boy. On Duolingo. Yep. Bro, just go into the damn your barber shop, your taco shop and just start talking. Like, That's how I learned. Barber? My barber was Dominican in Boston. Really? Yeah. And so I get a haircut every week, and so I would just talk to the dude. Oh, and then he just. My girlfriend's fluent in Spanish, so it's like. Yeah, that's how I'm learning. I also listen to podcasts in Spanish so that I can. I'm trying to really be fluent, dude. It's like a. Just a, you, it's just like sound shit. You go talk to. Just keep talking to people. That's a good idea. I should do that in Spanish. Bro, there's like seven goddamn million Spanish people in this city. Everyone. Yeah, dude, that's why I'm learning. Yeah. Because I gotta I, imagine the market that I can have in a totally different world where I can be. And you just feel like a fucking G. Yeah, you do. You do. And I think that is, uh, that's what I want. That's what I want to do. So now I'm going to work on that. But, um, dude, I, I was thinking about something on the way here, and I wanted to tell you about it. Okay. Is it safer being documented here on air? Because it kind of sounds like this is like a deep No, thought. dude, I'm just, okay, I'm going to ask you. Ha, did you have anything when you first moved here that was like, this is very strange. Like, I'm so uncomfortable. This daily uh, feels like it like, is this LA? Like you had to question yourself. Like, is, is this what LA is really like? Like weird shit? Bro, my first day here, I saw a man butt ass naked taking a dookie in the middle of the street. He took a dookie and then he continued to walk down an alley. And then I drove one block up, and there was a family outside having Sunday pastries. Nothing. They didn't even know what was going on. Didn't even care. I'm like, what the fuck is going on in the damn snake pit, brethren? This is insane. I'm looking around like this is not normal. I saw a dude on Venice Beach butt-ass naked yesterday. 
naked. Dude, he was suntanning. He thought it was Italy. No, he was not. He was <laughs> he, screaming he, to the skies. He was, he was straight up thinking, ah, a nice day. And then and instead, though, you know, he's in the wrong Venice. <laughs> but I, I see it daily. I still, I never want to get desensitized to the madness here, but I'm assuming you have a, a story you'd like to share and I'd like to hear it. I'm only sharing this because it questioned my reality and it like, it was the first time in my life I ever had to say, uh, I, forever, I would tell myself like, I'd do anything for my business. That's something you probably say, right? Like I'd do anything for that. Well, one day that reality will be questioned and you'll really have to think, Will I do anything for this? And my answer now is no. I was pretty upset about it, but um, I thought you'd like to hear the story because it was so fucking ridiculous. To condense it was I got an opportunity to go to this basketball game. It was like a celebrity charity basketball game. And the friend that I went with, her brother put it all on. So we sat on the, we sat right behind all the players and everything and it was pretty sick. Floyd Mayweather was like the star on the one side and like Takashi 6ix9ine was there and I don't know, some dude with some husky that was all done. There was like all these people playing basketball. Anyway, the guy next to me, I bought some raffle tickets and then we started talking. I was wearing this like purple cashmere jacket and I was all stoked up and I was with a bunch of people and we start rapping and I was like, oh man, this is what I wanted. This guy is like interested in getting suits. He's super cool. He's younger, like whatever, he's in his 40s. He's like, like, seems like he's got life going on. He's sitting courtside here next to me. Like, this is amazing. This is why I'm here is to meet people like that. So I'm all amped up and he texts me right after I leave. And he's like, hey man, great to meet you, whatever. I'm like, cool. Well. Three days later, on the, and that time in my life, I was also saying yes to almost anything. Someone's like, oh, yeah, you want to go to this thing? I'm like, sure. Hey, you want to do this? I'm like, yeah. I didn't want to miss any opportunity. So he texts me, and he's, like, saying some random stuff, whatever. And then I was like, yeah, when do you want to come in? You were interested in getting some suits. When do you want to come by? And he's like, uh, he's like man, I, um, I'm actually going out to Rome. And he's like, do you want to come? Pause. <laughs> and I was like. Yeah, dude, just call me. Let's talk about it. I'll go. <laughs> I was like, fuck it, dog. I'll go to Rome. I don't care. I got a dude couple of bucks. Dude was desperate. No, dude, I had loot. I was like, yeah, I'll go to Rome. Fuck it. I don't care. And then, I, and then he texts me back, and he's like, hey, man, like, um, uh, hey, I can't answer right now. And then he's like, hey, but, uh, you know, I was actually thinking about it. You really should consider coming out here because um, I work with this family. And he's like, you know, it's underground business family. You know what I mean? Like the With mob. The mafia, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah? And he's like, I think you could do some great work with them. And I was like, fuck yeah, I could. <laughs> I'm like, I, I had a client of, I don't know, like seven years ago who told me about this one time he worked with the mafia. And I was like, he's like, that's something everyone should do. And I was like, I'm finally getting that chance. And uh, I went and was like, yeah, okay, well, whatever, just call me tomorrow, let's talk about it. Doesn't call me, whatever, I'm like, whatever, dude, I don't, whatever, and then things, fast forward, he then texts me out of nowhere and tells me that he wants me to come to his house, and his wife found me attractive, and he would like me to come over and have dinner with them, and if I come over, 
he will give me $25,000 to hang out with his wife for an evening. Oh, and then he hit me with, and I'm very interested in you too. And uh, we would love to have an evening together and go to a white party in Malibu. And I was just like, hey, respectfully, man, I, I got to decline. What tipped it off? The, the wife finding you attractive? That this guy was a creep? No, 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 dude. Him finding me, I was like, yo, what? I'd like... He wanted, he, 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 and I was like, he told me directly, like, I want all of us to be intimate. And I was just like, big no. But, uh, but the payout was 25 grand. And I had to really sit there for a second. I was like, damn, can I really do this? I'm like, no, I can't. And that is when I knew LA is the weirdest place I've ever lived in my life. Do you think he was serious about the 25 racks? Hell yeah. You think so? Hell yeah, dude. That, yes. It's a tough bind to be in. Yeah, so if someone... I certainly th- would not have intercourse with a man. Right. But did he want to watch you get intimate with his wife? So that's what I thought first. I th- I, and that's when I was really considering, because I was like, <laughs> I was like, shit, if you want a gargoyle in the corner, dude, like, I guess, man, yeah. like, whatever. I, I don't know, man. Like, that's a good amount of loot that I could use to bounce my business and then... And then I started thinking about it and I was like, damn, man, like, you know, what happens if I don't want to do it again? And then, you know, the conversation I had with him, you know, three days ago was about the Italian family underground business. And then all I could think about was, oh, if I don't want to do it again, maybe I end up in a trunk and something like some weird shit goes sour. And I'm like, I don't know about all this, but I was still considering. And then afterwards, then he told me about him and I was like, oh, man, that's a hard no for me. But I did respond back like, hey, I respectfully decline. However, <laughs> I respectfully decline. Thank you for the offer. Um, but if you need a white suit for that white event, I'd be happy to help you. And uh, you or? yeah, he was like a hard, yeah, hard was... goodbye. But um, fucking dudes are demons out here. It's insane. Yeah, well, that's what I learned is that at a certain point, money can't buy you like you know, if you have a Ferrari, what's the next car you're going to get? You're going to get some other, maybe a Bugatti, whatever. But then at a certain threshold. Well, we don't know that. We have never made a billion bucks. At a certain threshold, the money doesn't, you have to buy other things. Nothing else buys tangible happiness anymore. I get it. Makes sense. Um, I have a story about potentially working with a drug lord that I'll save for another time, which was. That's a buzzkill. Just let it rip. Well, no, we just, I, we got the next guy coming in, so we got to wrap oh, it up. Okay, okay, okay. Well, brethren, I hope you had a good time. Well, dude. Before we wrap here, Harrison, there is a way we start and end the show. And I know this is our first episode running it together, so I just want to preface that. We do this for every single episode. I don't know if you're familiar. It's okay if you're not. But I am going to say it once. You have to follow these instructions. Again, only saying it once, so listen very clearly. Mm-hmm. I'm going to intro you. So you have to say, hi, your name, and this is my golden hour. Directly after, no break, hi, your name, and that was my golden hour. Okay. But I'm going to intro you, and then I'm going to leave it to you. Got it? Mm. Okay. Three, two, one. Checking in. Live from the snake pit. It's the master snake. (laughs) What's up, brethren? The pause is over. Take it away. Hi, I'm Seth Schaefer, and this is my golden hour. 
I'm Seth Schaefer, and that was my golden hour. It says about 97% executed. You have to say hi, but we'll take it for now, brethren. Damn, sorry, son. All good, man. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. Thanks, We're all good, Harrison. Well, thanks. Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait. Was that not it? Hey, enter. Just, you forgot to enter.